Welcome back to the Work of Wellbeing podcast. I'm Amy Green, your host from The Wellness Strategy, and we're here to talk about all things personal and professional wellbeing. This podcast is designed to help you become curious and consider your everyday wellbeing strategies, what you do for your own wellness, and how you can start to transform your life both in and out of the workplace. Sit back, grab a cup of tea, maybe grab a notepad, a journal, and get ready to feel really enlightened about what wellbeing used to be, what it is now, and where you can take your own wellness strategy. Hello, everyone. Um, Wow, welcome back to another episode of, you know, this Work on Wellbeing podcast, which is very fitting, (laughs) considering what we're talking about today, Uh, which we shouldn't be surprised by, should we? Uh, And what we're going to... explore today in regards to well-being and how we work is this wonderful concept of time which so often comes up in terms of you know what would you like um, more of in terms of support to be able to support well-being or what do you need or um, what's one thing that would make a difference and the answer is often more time and let's not deny that more time will be great but let's also acknowledge the reality which is we can't create more time that that's well let me rephrase that we can't add more physical time to the day than what we already have. Can we create more time? We can create more time. We just have to be creative in how that looks and the way it looks and what we do to be able to manipulate time. Um, You know, I think some people, especially through a spiritual lens, you know, we talk about how time is a construct and it's not something that is necessarily real. And we, in terms of hours and minutes, have designed this or made this up in a way to help organize our day and it can be very useful but it can also be very stressful and so there are theories or talks or ideas around you know our ability to be able to speed time up and slow time down and you know sometimes time time seems to be going really really fast and often when we're in a stress state or when we're uh, overwhelmed or when something isn't working for us time can seem like it just goes by in the blink of an eye, but it can also seem like it's really, really slow. And I'm sure we can all think of a time where we felt like time has just flown by and we can also think of a time where um, it's dragging on and on and on, which is interesting because when we think about it in terms of a measurement, it's actually the same the same amount of time or a minute is a minute, but sometimes a minute feels really long and sometimes a minute feels really slow. And so it's often how we engage with the time that we have that will impact how we perceive it. But I wanted to really talk about time with you today because of the idea that we can never feel like there's enough. And we are, I think this episode is probably coming out end of February. So as we hit the end of February, you're well into your groove. You've established your routines and your rhythm and your patterns. You are in a place where you are finding how you want to work but you're probably also in a space now where you can start to question, are you working in the most efficient and effective way? Are you able to work with ease? Are you being energetically sustainable? And this is really important when it comes to time. And this is how actually we can create more time in our day. Because as educators, we do have a considerable amount of time where we have lots of choice over how we spend it. 
you know, if you think about things like non-contact time, um, time before and after when students arrive, term breaks, you know, school holidays, but let's call them term breaks, um, or work from home time, uh, these moments really exist in a way for us to do whatever we want, whatever we need, whatever we like, but they come with very little structure or guidance. And whilst this can be a great thing, it can also be very problematic because we don't have anyone supporting us or talking to us about or expecting us to be working efficiently and effectively and with ease. Uh, we, it's kind of assumed that it will happen or it's just not even identified as something to focus on. And if you've read my book or if you've heard me speak um, in regards to productivity, this is essentially what being productive means. And this is a huge indicator of whether or not we're using our time well and whether time is working for us or we're working for time. And so productivity is about working efficiently, meaning that we have the systems, the structures, the processes, the things that we need to be able to work well. We're also being effective in that we know what we're doing and it serves a purpose and we're not getting bogged down in um, doing something that we don't really need to do. And also we're working with ease. So what we're working on is energetically sustainable, meaning we could do it for a long time if we had to and we wouldn't feel completely depleted and it's not something that zaps us of energy within 20 minutes. So we want things to be efficient and effective and be, to be done with ease so that they're energetically sustainable. Now, because we have a lot of flexibility and opportunities to spend time as we require or as we need or as we desire, this actually gives us a really, really significant amount of autonomy in how we design our day. But not something we consciously consider all of the time, if at all. I know many educators and I've worked with them, mentored them, who haven't thought about how they use their time in their day in terms of those those spaces where we have this autonomy and flexibility to do what we like. And when we leave things to chance, uh, it, it can impact our ability to, pre, to be productive. And so what we want to actually flip to instead is being really intentional with the time we have so that the time we have is meaningful to the things we need to get done and also meaningful in terms of how we want to feel. So when we have a lot of flexibility and opportunity to spend time as we need and we're not being intentional with it, we can waste it, we can lose it, we can wonder why we don't get things done. And when we are intentional, it's really easy to see how we're spending that time and whether or not it is effective for us. Now, in regards to this time that I'm talking about that's available, what I'm really being specific about are those afternoons where we don't have any meetings, um, our non-contact time during the day, our term breaks and how we use them. So, you know, when we don't have meetings, we can kind of leave whenever we choose, allowing us to work off-site, so away from the school grounds. Um, I've mentioned this many times, my partner does triathlon, so he loves to leave you know, with the students and go for a run or a cycle or a swim or whatever it might be. But then he will come home and work later in the evenings. Um, many people prefer to work from home rather than at, at school, at work. And so they have the opportunity to go home and just work and work from home um, and do those things when and how it suits them. Now, this is an incredible amount of flexibility that existed pre-COVID when everyone else was introduced to working from home. We've been able to work from home from a, for a really long time in pockets, not all day, every day, and not um, certainly not a whole day, but in pockets. And it's important we remember this. So, you know, we can use that time before or after school to, to, 
to you know catch up with friends to exercise to have a break before we might work in the evening or early the next day but it's still time we often have non-contact time as well to work on things we decide that are most important at that point of time but sometimes we don't decide sometimes we are reactive and this too is where we start to waste time we're too reactive in what's happening in what's appearing in our inbox what someone asked us to do a thing we added to our to-do list because it just came to our head and so this reactive way of working in our non-contact doesn't allow us to work in a sustainable way so we have to be really intentional with this too um, we also have term breaks where we can work from home where we can meet our team uh, whether that's at school or at a cafe or somewhere else and work and get ahead for the next term or we can work from a holiday destination like Bali or Thailand um, or Queensland, whatever that might be for you. I mean, isn't this incredible? We also have term breaks, of course, as a rest period, time in lieu for things, a bit of respite for what's happening. But if we use all of this time that we have available to us well, we can actually start to find time that we didn't realize we had. So we need to acknowledge this unstructured, unguided time that exists in our profession. And we need to be really good at mastering how we spend the time we have. So there are three things or three ways to do this that are pertinent to, be, to being able to feel like you have more time, not just for work, but ideally what we want to do is be able to speed up the things we need to do in our workplace so we have more time to live our life outside the classroom. That's what we want, right? So we can stop feeling rushed or stressed or like there's always something to do. I mean, there is always something to do, but, you know, like we've done all of the urgent things that need doing and we can actually switch off. We have to be able to know how to do this. And so there are three things I'm going to share with you right now. The first one is knowing where your time to work exists. So one of the ways to do this um, is through what I call a time audit. So in regards to knowing where your, time, where your time is, one of the best ways to do this is actually to take a giant piece of paper or if you're a, a digital, like a, a blank week, um, including the weekends if you choose. And... Sorry, I'm just yawning. Um, look at it in terms of 30-minute intervals and plot in everything you are doing in, the, in those 30-minute intervals and be really specific from commuting time to when you're eating to specific meetings you're in and don't just put a meeting, like actually name the meeting to when you're teaching, um, to when your non-contact is, um, to when you maybe exercise or you have a commitment with uh, your uh, children or a family or maybe there's one afternoon a week where you go to a dance class or you are taking pottery lessons or whatever it might be put everything in that you know happens regularly on routine that needs to be there because that's how your week looks now have a look at the time that is left around that those white spaces because that is where you have time that's unstructured that's unguided and that you can choose to use more intentionally when it comes to looking at the tasks that you need to do, want to do, choose to do or desire to do. And so part of this means considering where you need to build in habits, rituals and routines around the work that needs to happen. Now, as I mentioned, we often leave things to chance and what that does is it puts us in a state of Similar to fight, flight, or freeze, you know, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? What's going to appear in my inbox? What do I have to react to? And we're hyper alert about things when in actual fact, we want to be calm when we have these time times that pop up for us to use so that we can be the most productive. And what this means is being aware of your energetic and your mental state when you're moving into how you use this time 
And one of the ways to do that is to make yourself feel as safe and comfortable as possible by building in predictable routines. So what I mean by this is, let's say you have Monday afternoons where you don't have any meetings. We often can find ourselves in a space of, oh, what should I do today? Oh, let's see what's in my inbox. Oh, let's have a look at this list I created um, last week. Oh, let's talk to this colleague and see what they've got going on. And all of a sudden we're jumping from task to task and 30, 40, 50 minutes has gone by. If we understand that on Monday afternoons, that is the time that we uh, go over our, let's say you're a high school English teacher, your year seven or eight English planning for the next week, then on Mondays, that's what you're primed to do. On Mondays, that's what you're starting to subconsciously think about. And when the bell goes at three o'clock Monday or whatever time it is for you, you don't wonder, wonder what you're going to do. You don't wander around looking to chat to someone. You don't open your inbox to see what emails are there. You are already engaged in the fact that Monday afternoons is about planning English for years seven and eight for the following week. And so that's what you do and you don't waste time and you know what's happening and you're on task and you're engaged with that task and you're productive because you're efficient, you're working with effectiveness and you're working with ease because you've put yourself in that state. Now apply that same thinking to every block of time that's available to you in your working week and start to see what happens. We talk about predictable safe routines for students and we need exactly the same thing for ourselves. We need to know that on Tuesday, uh, session three, when I'm not teaching, that's actually the time I sit down and go through my inbox and I do that again on Thursday. Most schools have a 48 hour email rule. So it's something that you can put in place that allows you to regularly check your emails uh, in line with that. And you're able to have a chunk of time that allows you to do it rather than getting distracted and continually being in your inbox. This is really important when it comes to uh, knowing where that time is. Now, the other thing, uh, number two, is around learning when you work best. So also when you're looking at those spare bits of time, ask yourself, do, am I most productive in the mornings? Am I most productive in the evenings? Is it during the day when I've got pieces? Highlight those boxes because when you come to time blocking and putting things in those boxes, if you know you are most productive in the mornings, then you want to use that for focus work. And email is probably something you could put in there because if you are focused and can smash email out, oh my goodness, it's um, really ripples into the rest of your day in terms of productivity because you're getting those things done. Uh, and you, if, if we're not in a great headspace with email, it can drag on. So knowing when you work best, the same as if you have to um, write reports or if you're doing um, any type of admin work that you struggle with, um, maybe planning or documentation is the thing for you that requires a lot of energy. And so you identify when you work best and put things in there that you know require more energetic energy than other tasks. That's what we want to use that time for. Now, I've mentioned a little bit about, oh, I mentioned a lot about those routines, habits, and keeping them predictable and safe for the work that you're doing. And this is very much linked to the third point around time blocking. So we want to block in chunks of time where we build our own schedule and own structure rather than just getting to those moments of time and wondering what to do. Uh, and we want to look for big chunks of time that we can actually identify as this is my deep work time. This is where I'm really focused. Uh, and I have heard great things about schools having things like um, quiet rooms or focus rooms that staff go to to work where they know other staff don't um, distract them in that time. I've heard great things about schools 
encouraging staff or saying to staff, identify your deep work sessions on your timetable and that's when people will know that uh, to not interrupt you. And I've even uh, seen this be built into non-contact time where it's identified for educators, this is when your deep work time exists. So this doesn't happen by chance and it's not something that's going to magically happen if you're focusing on time. You have to work on it. It really does require intent. It requires you to be really well thought out in terms of the time you have available. It requires you to be able to identify those blocks of time that you have but also where you work best and where you can engage in deep work. And then you actually have to participate in this. You know, we can design a plan. We can make a priority by writing it and printing it up and having it on our desk or our screensaver or uh, in our um, day planner, whatever it might be, your teacher diary. Uh, we can even tell people we've designed this. But if we don't participate in it, which means, you know, if we don't do what we're going to say we do on the timetable, if we don't follow through with the email admin at this time or the deep work at this time and we stay in that reactive space, we're not allowing this to work. And it really can work uh, if you put in the time, energy and effort to do this well and if you put in the time, energy and effort to follow it through. So take a minute to think about what that could look like for you. Uh, if you are unsure of any of those steps, go back and have a listen. We also have a course on um, our resources page on our web sort, web sort, website. Um, I think it's called Mastering Your Time or something like that. It's about 19 bucks um, if you want to have a look at that. And we also teach this inside uh, along with many other things to support at the Teacher Wellbeing membership. So you are welcome to check that out as well. I'm not sure if doors are open or closed or where we're up to in that cycle by the time this comes out, but it's something to keep an eye on as well because we, we don't just teach you how to do the time thing. We also look at limiting beliefs. Um, we look at perhaps barriers. We look at why you may not be able to implement it, even though it looks pretty on paper. All right, wonderful people. I'm going to leave you there. I hope you've enjoyed that. If you need anything else, please let me know. Otherwise, otherwise I'm losing my words today. Otherwise, have a great uh, day, week, month, night, whatever time of day is for you. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I really do hope you have enjoyed it. The information discussed today was just that, information only. It's not specific advice. If you take action following something you heard today, it's important to make sure that you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or otherwise. Please reach out to me if you have any questions or if there's anything else I can do to support your own well-being and wellness journey, whether it's another topic you'd like me to discuss or whether it's support in your school, workplace or individually. And if you do know someone who might benefit from listening to this, please remember to tell them about it, share the episode with them or suggest my Instagram, my website or LinkedIn where they can find out more about me and what I do. And as always, I will see you in the next episode.